Welcome to episode 55 of Exit 425, substantial information and education that goes where you want. My name is Steve Ray. Sammy Elhaje is our newly elected first-time local councillor for Exit 425, officially known as Ward 1 in Clarington. Sammy and his family live here and no doubt uh, taking time from his snow clearing effort today. This is Sammy's first non-election visit to Exit 425. Sammy, welcome and thank you for joining Exit 425 today. Thank you for the invite, Steve. Appreciate it. Congratulations on your election as local councillor for Ward 1. How does it feel to have four years to lead and make change in Clarington and Exit 425 specifically? Uh, it feels good, actually. You know, there's uh, there's some you know positive, substantial change happening in the next uh, you know even next five uh, and ten years, and it's it's great feeling that uh, that I'm uh, you know contributing to that that positivity. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to take a second and also thank all those uh, individuals in, in Ward One, uh, specifically you know Curtis Mitchell, Corners, Enfield, and Salina for for taking their time and voting and uh, supporting me as well as uh, supporting my my idealistic ideas. What are your priorities for Ward One this term, and where does the waterfront part fit in with this? So there's a lot of priorities, you know, uh, knocking on doors uh, this previous year. Um, you know, you heard from from a lot of constituents uh, about you know road safety, about uh, public uh, public works, uh, community services, and uh, and so on and so forth. So one of the one of the main um, kind of umbrella um, uh, um, umbrella things that I'm I'm looking at is is supporting supporting the public, whether that's um, you know improving snow clearing or um, you know uh, putting more money into um, outdoor activities like the outdoor rink um, and or uh, other, other services like community services. So, you know, uh, Curtis and Clarington specifically is, is going to grow substantially over the next uh, four to four to ten years, basically. And we need to be able to be proactive. And, and that's where I, I kind of have always pushed for is, is proactivity in government. Right. You know, we have to be able to prepare for for this growth and um, and and be prepared um, and provide services to those uh, existing residents so that they don't lose services while we are growing. And uh, with respect to the uh, the Curtis waterfront as well, you know, it's still uh, it's still uh, it's still something that I'm I'm really pushing for. Uh, I would love to see that area specifically in Curtis kind of um, kind of mirroring you know Oakville or other waterfront communities. Um, so as of right now, you know, the progress is still, is still going. There's no substantial change as of yet, uh, but, but it, it is hopefully still, uh, still happening. Any meaningful interactions with Mr. O'Toole, McCarthy or Pacini yet? Uh, besides, you know, some congratulatory, congratulatory, you know, letters and, and messages, um, you know, we do have an open dialogue, um, especially uh, uh, MPP McCarthy and the municipality with respect to, to Bill 23. And, um, you know, I've, I've spoken with, uh, with MP uh, Aaron O'Toole on, on numerous occasions and um, have also worked with, uh, with him in, um, in helping out some constituents more specifically related to um, to the um, passport backlog. Um, I haven't had a chance to to chat with or meet with MPP uh, uh, David Pacini, but, you know, looking forward to it and having, uh, you know, a great discussion on how we can make uh, Clarington a better place to live uh, for its residents. 
Mayor Foster was pretty upset when OPG opted for the old GM headquarters. Do you share his frustration? Uh, yeah, of course. You know, frustration, disappointment. Um, you know, obviously, I, I'm still new to the role, right? Uh, but uh, but with with politics and and um, you know with with open discussions with with the private sector, you know, sometimes these things happen, and uh, it's it's all about what we can do uh, moving forward. And you know, the frustration, disappointment there was with was with respect to potential um, impacts to you know a lot of the a lot of the big infrastructure that's that's planned here in the next five, 10 years, right? You know, besides uh, road infrastructure, you know, the GO train, you know, well, hopefully that won't impact uh, the timeline or um, or bringing the GO train uh, to Clarington, you know, Curtis specifically, obviously, because it's in my ward. But, uh, but yeah, stuff like that, um, you know, it, it was disappointing. And, but, you know, uh, the nuclear industry has always been, a huge support uh, for Clarington, just as Clarington has been for for the nuclear industry. Right, we are we are a very very gracious host community, and uh, you know we look forward to to working with OPG and other partners as well. Um, and um, and uh, you know we have the the small module reactor coming as well. So lots of positive things happening. You know this is a small step in the road, and. Uh, and hopefully, you know, uh, more positivity comes out of out of this than anything. I suppose from a business case and, uh, you know, in terms of cost to the users, uh, them taking over the GM headquarters building makes sense because it's already there. And, uh, you know, it's a faster thing. And I, I, I do know that Mayor Foster acknowledged that part of it. But mm-hmm. uh, obviously, uh, for all those things that you talked about, uh, a disappointment for Clarington. And uh, I don't believe there was any kind of heads up to the mayor either, which uh, was a bit surprising. So, yeah, I think that was the, the most part of the frustration and the disappointment was the the lack of communication. Um, you know, uh, but but you know the the decision is certainly understandable, just as you said, right? You know, hundred million in savings uh, um, probably won't be that because they have to retrofit the the facility, but uh, you know it's still going to be a substantial cost savings. And, and we will probably see some benefit out of that, right? You know, the majority of, um, of, uh, of employees at, at OPG at that facility, once it's up and running, you know, we're going to see people move out to Clarington and start businesses out in Clarington just as, as they would be in Oshawa as well. So, you know, it's not a substantial difference, but, you know, the disappointment and the lack of communication is probably the biggest piece. The budget process just ended in Clarington for 2023, uh, as it did in most communities throughout Ontario. Any particular highlights from the process or for what residents of Exit 425 in Clarington can look forward to? Any exciting projects? Yeah, it was definitely an exciting process, especially from from my perspective, you know, um, you know, millions of dollars in, in budget and, and reviewing that. It was the first time for me and it was it was exciting. Um you know, um, one of the main things, and, and I kind of touched upon it before, was just just being proactive and, and making sure where we are prepared as a municipality for that that incoming growth, right? So, you know, um, off the top of my head, um, you know, um, I think there was about just over eight million spent on roads, sidewalks, uh, bicycle lanes, trails. Um, over 3 million on rural roads, which will support, you know, our, our northern communities, you know, specifically in my ward, Mitchell Corners, Enfield, Salina, um, um, you know, over $300,000 to to protect Camp 30, 
um, their uh, new services um, and, and new servicing, like a new fire uh, rescue vehicle, um, a new plow, which we definitely will need after this, uh, this massive snowfall. Um, you know, uh, local park upgrades, uh, you know, one specifically in, in Salina, Salina Park. Um, the um, repairs to the pool deck of, of Diane Hammer. Um, and then and then other things and other aspects to repair and improve um, accessibility at very various community uh, buildings as well. You know, one of the one of the biggest things that I was proud of was the um, the uh, supporting the the motion to 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 support more public works and 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 snow snow removal. Right. Uh, another thing was um, was removing remove or having the municipality cover the tax portion of of an outdoor rink on municipal property. Right. Um, I grew up in Montreal and um, you know we had we had outdoor rinks and outdoor chalets in basically every community. And it was fantastic, you know. It brought the community together. It it it, uh, it brought supports together, and uh, and having something like an outdoor rink at at the Curtis Community Complex specifically, you know, is, is something to be proud of. And I'm hoping to to keep that tradition alive, you know, for the upcoming years as well. Like you, well, I grew up in Ottawa, and uh, um, like you, grew up on outdoor rinks, and, and that was a real focal point for the community, and uh, can be here as well. Um, the, uh, Bowmanville arena project, is there any life left there? Uh, there is still life left, you know, unfortunately, um, the pandemic, it certainly added a substantial amount of money to the project, uh, from my understanding. And, and this project was, was approved previously, but from my understanding, it, it ballooned from, from around 50 million to, to over 160 million. So, you know, unfortunately it's not in, in this current budget to, to be able to support that entire project. You know, but we're hoping that we can, you know, find uh, some cost measures to to get something going, uh, whether it, it be forward with the uh, South Community, South Bowenville Community Complex or, you know, something else like a, uh, a skating trail or a um, uh, another facility uh, or improving other facilities in, in Clarington. Um, you know, we, we couldn't unfortunately we couldn't put it in this budget it would be a substantial tax increase just enable to to support that South Bowmanville uh, facility, um, and you know, with the with the with the times, with the um, inflation and cost of living increases, it, it, it was it was unfair to do um, to, to to residents. We've got a lot of construction going on in Curtis, and we're expecting uh, more. Will other construction projects in Curtis and Clarington be supported, like the? $1.2 million per unit project at the old Pine Ridge Motel? If so, why? Uh, from my knowledge, I don't think there's anything planned similar um, in support with respect to, to that to that building. Um, I think they I, it was approved previously, so I, I don't know the rationale behind it. But from my understanding, it was basically because it's 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 to help create an identity in Curtis. And that's some of the, one of the things that we're lacking, you know, uh, an, an identity in Curtis uh, and a BIA as well as, as well as a downtown, right? Um, you know, we look at other municipalities or sorry, other cities in the municipality like Newcastle, like Bowmanville, um, like Orono, you know, they all have substantial downtown cores. So I think the support behind this specific build was to, you know, help create an identity and help further a, uh, a Curtis downtown. 
How did the legislation, and, and I, this is well noted because you as a rookie uh, counselor um, have all this stuff happening right at the time that the council get elected with uh, the onslaught of legislation. So um, how did the legislation passed by the province this past fall affect the budget process and what the municipality can do with that budget? And do we know the impact of development charges yet? So we, we don't know. I'll, I'll answer the last question first because it'll, I'll preface the rest of it. But uh, we still don't know. We, and the, the biggest thing is the definition of affordable housing, right? Uh, because um, the province, uh, according to the bill, wants to remove the uh, the development charges off of uh, quote unquote affordable housing. And because we don't know the definition, you know, it could have a substantial impact because, you know, uh, if affordable housing is considered housing under, let's say, 800000 right? And the average house is, uh, the average single detached dwelling in, in Clarington is, I don't know, around a million, let's, we'll, we'll say in a million dollars just for easy, easy numbers. Um, you know, the, the majority of the builds and development projects now are incorporating a lot of medium and high density housing. So everything below 800000 will not contribute to uh, the municipality basically by ways of development charges. So it could have a substantial impact. And unfortunately, we can't, um, without that definition, it's, it's, it's impossible to, to, to state how much uh, of, uh, uh, of an issue it will be. Um, also within that bill is, uh, you know, specifically related to parks, you know, uh, with respect to new builds, the, the bill uh, states that they don't have to uh, build a certain size of park. So the parkland now is going to be reduced. So what do we do as a municipality now? Do we, you know, uh, ensure added supports to enhance those parks or do we just let, you know, um, a minimal amount of, of park infrastructure out there? It, 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 it certainly does not improve or even sustain the support for, for, for kids in the community or families or, or even growing families, right? Because who relied on parks, especially during the pandemic. So a lot more questions to be answered than uh, would have imagined a few months ago. Yeah, definitely, and it's and it's not only that, but it's it's definitely going to change the face of of what we see as a community, right? You know, a lot of uh, from from the uh, development proposals that I've seen, a lot of medium to high density will be along major routes, which which makes sense, right? Uh, from a t- transit perspective, but it also changes the look of the community because if you, you know, for instance, if you come off Curtis road, you're now going to see, you know, uh, some, some buildings that we normally would not have seen. Prophetic by one Stephen Ray, who, uh, in his video about the reasons why for exit 425, uh, prophesized that, uh, Curtis road will soon be a fully urban roadway. Um, so we're looking at a budget increase or a tax increase of 4.6% in Clarington. Will the Durham region budget cost more on top of that? Uh, from my understanding, it, 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 it will slightly, but I, I, I don't have those numbers in front of me. So unfortunately, I, I, I don't want to you know, lead you astray and provide an incorrect number. But, you know, we, we are a, a, a child or a brother or sister of the, uh, of the region. Um, and we do have regional roads and regional, you know, support structures in place. So we need to be able to provide that that support to the region as well, right? And four point six is one of the lower increases in Durham. So uh, good news for us. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, you look at other neighboring um, neighboring communities uh, like Whitby, you know, Pickering, Ajax, Oshawa, and they were all, you know, well above us by a good one to even three percent. Right. So, you know, we, we took that into consideration when doing the budget, um, considering we're, we're in an inflation, we're, we're in an, inf, inf, well, not inflammatory times, but inflationary, inflationary <laughs> times. Um, yeah. And cost of living is up. So, you know, we had to be able to balance the the service provided with with a cost increase and 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 you know fortunately we're we we're, we're pretty much in the middle like we're pretty good we're in pretty good states part of all that legislation was uh, the release of some land from the green belt um the package in Clarington um that's been released is a package that's tucked in next to the 418 at Nash Road um, is this a critical space? Are you concerned with the precedent that was set? I'm familiar with the space. It's actually right behind me. I, I just live off Curtis Road and Nash Road, so uh, I'm familiar with the project. Um, I, I'm not familiar with how much how much impact to um, the environment this this plot of land had previously. Um, I guess. I don't know. Mayor Foster always jokes that, um, you know, there was when they were when they were uh, drawing the line, uh, you know, somebody sneezed and and kind of cut that portion out. Um, you know, this this area might not be so environmentally sensitive. But again, I, I, I don't have much of the information to comment, but I think it's the precedent that it sets right now. Now, what we're seeing is a lot of the adjacent lands to the green belt uh, spaces, um, you know, uh, uh, being proposed as, as future developments as well. So, you know, where does it end? Um, unfortunately, it's a precedence that, it, unfortunately, it's a negative precedence, right? Um, it's something that that no one wanted to see and no one supported, uh, but we do have a housing crisis. Um, so, you know, from that perspective, um, you know, we have to think proactively, right? You mentioned this earlier um, as one of the things that uh, would be a priority for you uh, through this term. There are concerns expressed about speed maximums on residential roads recently on George Reynolds, but uh, also generally through downtown on Highway 2. Um, our mutual friend Jim Boat is uh, regularly talking about how uh, we have the fastest maximum speed in a downtown in most Durham communities. Uh, what should residents do about that? And what can you do about that? Um, so I think residents need to, you know, get the word out that we just need to be patient, right? Um, this isn't going to be an overnight an overnight fix, although uh, Councillor Anderson, Regional Councillor Anderson and I have, you know, put forward motions um, in order uh, to, to study it a bit more in order to make those those positive changes, right? You know, something that I would like to specifically see is a, a reduction in school zones, um, um, in our community in, in Clarington, you know, that no other community has, we, it, it doesn't lower to 40, right? So, um, you know, on those regional roads, um, especially like the one that we we're just talking about previously on Nash Road, right? There's multiple schools and uh, from a safety perspective, it's, it's, it's important to lower those speed limits. Um, but also in, in accompanying with those speed, the speed limits, there's, there's also, also other speed measures that we can incorporate, especially on those side streets, like, um, uh, the word of the, the word, 
is not coming to my mind right now. I think I need another coffee. Um, speed remediation measures, I guess, like bumps or or um, or those signs or or improved um, surveillance by by the regional uh, Durham Region Police, right? Um, I think in, in school zones, especially as, you know, community areas, it's especially important, um, as well as on those major roads that, uh, that Jim and I and, and you as well have, have, have kind of talked about, right? Um, and, uh, and who knows what will happen, you know, once, once we get this downtown, you know, core initialized uh, in Curtis, I mean, specifically, maybe that'll uh, impact the speed positively in that it'll, there'll be a natural kind of uh, reduction in speed, right? You know? Everyone always uh, like trolls and trolls and highway too. Everyone always slows down and, and decides whether or not they're going to pull into Starbucks or, or Tim Hortons or, or McDonald's, right? <laughs> it's a natural. It just keep put a put a coffee shop on every corner. I guess that'll be a natural slow uh, slow speeding initiative. You could probably journal about that one and and uh, you know techniques for municipal officials to manage traffic. Yeah. That's good. I like that. More coffee shops. Um, I know where your head is at, and that, that leads nicely to uh, you know the exit four twenty five quiz. Uh, this is something I'm, I, I'm uh, building in just to get to know our our people a little bit, our guests a little bit better. So uh, with that, what's the best coffee in Curtis, Sammy? Uh, besides my home, um, I have a multi like I'm I'm kind of a, a coffee snob. I've had multiple machines. I'm still trying to find that perfect cup. Um, I, I made an espresso this morning, uh, and, uh, but if I, if I was to go out, I'm usually a McDonald's guy, uh, but I do go to coffee time at, uh, at Curtis road and highway two often. Um, I go to, uh, deadly, deadly grounds all the time. Um, I wish I was there for, um, uh, for Joey Jeremiah. I can't remember his actual name. Uh, but I was there pre pandemic for a, um, a vinyl autograph signing of, I'm not sure if I'm dating myself here, uh, but a, um, the show I used to watch as a kid, it was the hilarious haunt of Frankenstein or something like that. I can't remember the specific name, but the, um, the producer of the, the program who did all of the, the characters was there. And I, I, I was there, I lined up, I, you know, I was, a, got my, I got my vinyl uh, LP signed and, uh, and it was fun. I think I was already old by the time that show came out, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I remember that show and I actually have a friend who was a writer on that. So uh, yeah. it's kind of interesting. And that was a neat discovery all by itself. Um, this. Uh, oh, and um, who is, um, Oh, uh, Vincent, Vincent Price was on the show too. That's right. He did like, yeah. he did like the monologue and stuff like that. And, you know, as a, as a kid, you're probably frightened as, as heck over his voice. <laughs> yeah, he he had a special kind of presence when he was on television. Ted Barris is the uh, he's a Canadian historical author and uh, recently wrote a book that included uh, some information about my dad as a merchant navy guy. But uh, part of that process, I discovered that he had been a writer on the House of Frankenstein or Frightenstein, oh, wow. it was called. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. So best coffee in Curtis, that's good. Uh, we'll, we'll say McDonald's belongs to Oshawa and uh, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll stick with uh, Deadly Ground and uh, Coffee Time. Your favorite music to drive or relax to, if those two are <laughs> not possible together? 
<laughs> oh no, no, they're, they're possible together. I, I'm I'm a music guy. Um, I a little bit about me just before I answer. I, I used to play in a cover band, so this is actually a really really tough question to answer because I again I could we could I I could probably just keep talking for like an hour on music, you know. But uh, but I, I'm kind of like a uh, an old rock old country current rock current rap like kind of everything you know like uh uh geez off the top of my head you know black keys black crows uh ryan adams um you know i love david bowie um i love neil young um but you know a lot of the uh, like blind melon geez everybody like uh, um I, it, it's a tough it's, it's a really tough question to answer for me uh but i usually just I usually just put on like my, um, uh, what's the word, a shuffle on like my, my iPhone and then just basically go from there. Right on. So if it's good, you listen to it. Well, good is opinionated, right? Your good is different than my good. Mm-hmm. So kudos to you for, for listening to good music. Kudos to me for listening to good music. And right. maybe right we can share good music uh, with each other. That's about it. That's always what it's all about, right? Favorite uh, kind of touristy spot or hangout spot in Clarington? Uh, I'm kind of a homebody now these days. So besides my basement, you know, listening to LPs, um, I, as you mentioned earlier, like I, I, I go paddleboarding quite often, you know, down, uh, down South at, at the waterfront area on Lake Ontario. Um, um, other areas I like, um, uh, Ganaraska forest, you know, it's, it's beautiful. It's fantastic. And sometimes even, you know, not just a specific area. Sometimes it's the previous question. I just kind of like, you know, on a, a beautiful night or a beautiful day, you just kind of go driving with the windows down and, and go on those Northern roads and get some fresh air. That's awesome. So Sammy, thank you so much for being part of exit 425. Thank you very much, Steve. I really appreciate it. You know, looking forward to the next time and uh, and really appreciate the invite this time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Exit 425. Please like and subscribe on whatever platform you use. Watch out for Exit 425 on TikTok. You know who else will be watching. Our mission is to provide substantial information and education that goes where you want. Exit 425 is a production of Studio 38 Audio, copyright 2023. My name is Steve Ray. If you have questions or would like more information about Exit 425, join our Exit 425 Facebook group. Check out Medium and soon TikTok or email me at exit425401 at gmail.com. Exit 425.